and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Hello, I'm Pat Malone, and I'd like to welcome you to The Church in the Home, where we share the light of God's Word from our home to yours. I know the truth of God's Word, and I believe what I heard, yeah, yeah. I believe what I heard. I believe what I heard, so I'm standing on the Word of God. You know, there might have been a time in your life when you felt unlovable. Anybody ever feel that way? Yes. That you might have felt unworthy. And that you might have been, uh, done something in your life that you think is so terrible that you couldn't live up to what God desires for you. I know I've been there. And uh, God is so huge <clears throat> that he's thro- he threw the stars in the night. He put the sun in the sky that shines when he says so. And he's so incredibly awesome, and he's madly in love with each and every one of you. I want you to think about that today while I'm sharing the things, that he is madly in love with you. It's not just like a nice verse of scripture in John 3.16. He is madly in love with each and every one of you. And as Pat mentioned, the title of my teaching today is The Heart of the Family, but I've put a subtitle, and it's God's True Love Story. And that's what we're going to take a look at today. We're going to take a look at three areas, the heart of God, the heart of your earthly family, and then the heart of the family. So I'm going to read some things to you that I just want you to listen and think about it, because he's madly in love with you. It's for you. In John 3.16, obviously, he says, For God so what? Loved the world. He loved. He loved the world, too. And what's the th- when, when you love that big, what did he do? He gave. God so loved that he gave. And Grace touched on it about being in the fellowship and what we do for each other in that unconditional giving. And God's plan of redemption was, one, he had a big dream to have a family. Two, Redemption from a sin catastrophe, which we know about in Genesis. God's dream coming true on earth. And then the family home and the new homes and the new earth. I just want you to listen. If the earth is the reason for the heavens, what is the reason for the earth? Before the morning stars sang their first anthem to the heart of the lonely Father God, before the foundations of the earth were laid, before the first rays of light ever passed through the dark expanse, The heart of the great creator God had a yearning. It was deep, mighty, and eternal. It was the burning passion for children. The father longed for sons and daughters. The yearning passion took form, and God planned the universe for his man. And in the heart of that universe, he purposed a home. There is no time with God. Time belongs to day and night, to sun and moon. God was not hampered by days or nights or years. When love laid the foundations of this mighty universe, he planned, he purposed it all to be the home of man. It was to be man's birthplace, man's garden of delight, man's university where he learned to know his father. Love took plenty of time. For ages and ages, God worked storing up treasures of all kinds of wealth for his man. God filled the earth with deposits of iron, copper, silver, gold 
with uncounted varieties of metals, chemicals, and resources that would respond to the touch of men. God covered the face of the earth with mountains, with valleys, with plateaus, prairies, rivers, colors, colors and flowers that thrilled with joy the heart of man. The mountainsides were covered with forests whose trees are filled with singing birds. This is all a part of the interpretation of the great dream, the heart plan the great God has for man. God, the great architect, knew where on earth to put deposits of resources necessary for man. He placed things they would be ready for man's need, and chance did not rule here. God knew our needs while we were yet unborn, and in God's great plan, needs were met. So if the earth is the reason for the heavens, and man is the reason for the earth, what is the reason for me and you? There could only be one answer, and it's a simple one. The lonely heart of God, the only heart of our Father God, He wanted a family. God loves us more than we can imagine. Look at the preparation that He put into preparing the earth for us. <laughs> While we sit here today, think about it. This earth that we, we sit here in this earth today, and it is not going to collide with any other planet. It's safe, just like a child in a mother's womb. The entire plan of redemption is a revelation of the heart hunger and loneliness of the great Father God. The first step in this stupendous drama of creation was God's dream and his blueprint of man and woman's beautiful home. Let's look in Psalm chapter 19. And I read this book. It's a great read, and if you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. And uh, it's called The Bible Through the Ages. <laughs> you could probably find it in the bookstore. And if you ask him nice, he might even sign it for you. So. Pat writes here, he says, Without an accurate knowledge and understanding of what the Bible is, it is impossible for someone to get to know God. <laughs> the Bible is the revealed word and will of God. The words that they spoke today in their teachings, it was the word of God. It was the will of God. Recognizing that truth is the beginning of understanding, the Bible and consequently God himself, it is not just another book written by mere men. It is not just a book about God containing metaphorical fables, myths, and interpolations. It is not a collection of oral traditions. It is not the report of men's imperfect recollection of events. <laughs> As it was originally given, the Bible is the inerrant, perfect Word of God. It's the perfect Word of God. Those who would aspire to know and understand God must embark upon their journey of discovery from this axiom. To approach the Bible from any other perspective is both misguided and illogical. And in Psalm, it says, chapter 19, verse 1, but before we read that, it says, But before God even spoke to the first man, Adam, he already communicated his will to all men that would come. In verse 1, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out, out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for, for the sun, which is the bridegroom coming out of his chamber, 
and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of the heaven, and his circuit unto the ends of it, and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. God had his will for mankind written in the stars. The heavens declared the glory of God before man even arrived. God had his will written in the stars. God's plan for man's redemption was communicated in astounding detail through the particular arrangement of the stars and planets and their courses throughout time. You can get this in the bookstore. But just look at the Father's great love story included processes. Process required to save man from himself and to present mankind as a faultless, happy family in the presence of the living God who created the heavens and the earth. Look in Ephesians chapter 3. I'm going to read the expanded version, but you can read along in chapter 3. Verse 1, it says, Because of this grace of Christ within, the habitation of God, I, Paul, am handcuffed to Jesus Christ and am ambassador for you, Gentiles' glory. Verse 14, Because of this I get down on my knees in reverence and thank the Father. For from Him, from him the Father, all the family is specifically all the family is specifically, especially called. The angels in heaven and the born-again family on earth. In order to give you the wealth and treasure of His glorious perfection, which is also to be established by His Spirit, that is in you mightily and powerfully, permeating entirely, completely complete your inner being, the inner man. Verse 17, that Christ may live in everything you are and do. And so by your continuous believing, you are being solidly rooted and you are being a firm foundation. Verse 18, in order that you will be fully able to really understand and manifest with understanding all with all the saints the mystery of his temple, God's glory in height, in its measureless, in depth, in his fathomless, in length, in its endless, in breadth, in its boundless. And you will know experientially, experientially the greatness of the knowledge of the love of Christ, and you will be filled to the full measure with all the fullness of God. But to God who is able and willing with more excellent power than all others to do for you superabundantly, yes, over and above what you are asking for yourself or even what you are thinking according to the potential power which is constantly being energized in you. And to the degree of your believing, to God be the glory in His church by Christ Jesus throughout all the generations Age of all the ages, forever, so shall it surely be. <laughs> Look at the tenderness and of the being so close and near to God. And what we're leading up to is all going to tie into our earthly family and into the family of, uh, into the heart of the family. But real quick, I just want to show you how important you are. Look in Ephesians chapter one: the unmatched, unequaled, absolute, unparalleled, completely complete excellence is the one body. And one of the greatest spiritual blessings that God has given to us, He chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before Him. And Paul was writing by inspiration, and look in verse 3. He says, Blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with a couple of spiritual blessings. With all spiritual blessings in Christ. All spiritual blessings. 
So let's take a look just real quick at a couple of those blessings. In verse 4, the first blessing we see, God has chosen us in Him. According He hath chosen us in Him. We cannot praise God enough for our salvation. But chosen is to select for oneself. He chose us in Him. And that foundation is back before. God, way back when, who knows how far back, He thought of you. He thought of us being together here today as a family, fellowshipping. The Jews were called to Jacob, and we were chosen way before the world began. And the one body is so special to God. Look in verse 21. It says, Far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in the world, but, but in that which is to come. It says, Up far above. This is the second one. We've been chosen far above all names, principalities, every rule and authority. How important are you? How important is the family of God? Look at chapter 2, verse 6. It says, And hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You're seated. You're seated in the heavenlies. God has called you. So we got, we, and we magnify that. It's God in Christ in us, right? Grace shared a lot about what that was all about. We are at rest with Christ, so we magnify the word. We're seated in the heavenlies. To be seated indicates everything is complete. So when he picked you, he knew what he was doing. It's complete. It isn't like, you know, I want to reconsider. Uh, no, you're seated in the heavenlies. It's complete. And God wants us to be strengthened with might by his spirit. Why? And Grace touched on it. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. So that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith. It's not a one-time dramatic, one-time experience, but an ongoing experience of God's power to change our hearts as we walk in the spirit every day. And that word dwell is to saturate. It is a fixed dwelling. Rooted is to take root with a solid hold, a fixed dwelling. Grounded is to be established. And how do we get rooted? How did we get rooted? When we got born again of God's Spirit. And how do we continue to build ourselves? By putting the Word deep within our hearts. God deals with us as individuals. Our walk with God, we have been called to the one body. So just, just a touch. I mean, we could go on, and Pat mentioned it when he said we could, we could spend weeks on these subjects. But that's just a little bit of God's heart for you. Me too. But how important, how important we are, how important the family of God is, the church of God. So we're going to take a quick look here at the heart of your family. And, and Grace was great about it. She, she started to cover it, which is great for me to lead into it. We do not live to glorify our families. Our families live to glorify God. We talk about our personal calling and God-given dreams. Have you ever stopped to consider that God has a purpose for your family. It isn't like, you know, you're born again, you have kids and they just showed up and that's it. No, there's a purpose as a believer. There's a purpose for you and your family. No matter how much is spent in building a house or in buying a house, a house is never a home until God in Christ in you lives there. We can end right there. <laughs> the home is the heart of God. And the family is the backbone of the home. The home is where the warmth of the presence of God in Christ is manifested. 
Think about how you felt today when you walked in this door. I don't know how you feel, but when I walk in here, I feel like I'm at home. The love of God lives in this house. It's a blessing. Everywhere you look, there's something to bless you. Welcome today in the Word. Thankful. There's just the heart of God lives here. And that's why it's such a peaceful dwelling for us to come to. Mike shared about the church. This is the church right here. You know, this is our fellowship. <clears throat> and I hopefully my house is the same way. Life has become all about the family. Baseball, soccer, lacrosse, games, dance, vacations, play dates, which is all very important. My son played basketball. I traveled him around the country, you know, as a, and it was important. And that's good. All those things are good. Those little things are good. But what's important is while we're doing those things, how do we walk with God? To have, a success, to have a successful family life, you have to put God's word in your mind. Our intentions might be right. We see how important it is to establish healthy relationships within our families. But to be pro, fully present with our children and to encourage them in their gifts. Family is about so much more than sporting events, a family game night. I know when I went into the Waycourt, uh, you know, I could barely take care of myself in the Word. And now I have a son. And it's like, I'm working on me still. I have this little, you know, now he's two years, almost two years old, and we're going away into Rome City, Indiana from Queens. I lived in cement. Yeah. <laughs> Now I'm going to Rome City out there with farms on one side and, and I'm taking this little kid with me and now I have to teach him. So what did I do? I said, I can't figure this out. I said, God, you have to teach me how to be a good father, what to do with my child. And uh, God instituted families for a specific purpose. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. And he has a specific call for every family. I'm so glad that you know, Grace shared this in her teachings. And to me... This all leads into the heart of the family. One, the most important thing is knowing the heart of God because that's what we want to sink in our hearts. His heart should be our heart. Our families, my kids, I have three kids. You know, I don't know how many of you are parents in here, but your kids, should, we should be building them. And in Deuteronomy, it says, it's pretty simple. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. I think it's more important than those vacation days, not those, those play dates. It's, that's okay, and they should do that. But this is what we're supposed to be doing with our kids. What can we teach them along the way? You know, how do they separate truth from error when they're outside the house? You know, train up a child in the way he should go and he shall not depart from it. And we have, you know, I look at it in three levels. I have the first 18 years of my kids, they live under my roof. <laughs> I'm the law. And uh, <laughs> then they go to college and I get them part-time. Then they graduate college. They may come home, they may not come home. And now they're out in the world on their own. You know, so did I spend those first 18 years and really teach them what they needed to do so that they could stand. You know, when I, when we, when I graduated the Corps, I moved to Mayapak, New York, which is, you know, four hours from here. And one day, my son was just a little bit over four, and we were outside in the front yard, and we were throwing the Nerf football around. And it was, 
it was a little icy. So he throws me a pass, and I go running for it, and I hit the, the walkway, and I slip on a piece of ice. My feet go up in the air. The first thing that hit the ground was my head. And now my eyes are spinning. I'm just about ready to faint. And my little four-year-old comes running over to me, and he says, Dad, don't move. I'm going to pray for you. Oh. At four years old. I mean, and I'm sure your kids are all great too, but <laughs> that was pretty amazing. And by the way, the, the room stopped spinning, and I got up. That was the end of that. God didn't create the family to self-serving, self-reliant cocoons of people. God created families as a vehicle to advance the word and fulfill the Great Commission. Grace touched on that. Colossians chapter 3. Verse 12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness and long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another if any man have a quarrel against any. Even as Christ forgave you, so also ye do ye. And above all things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. A charity is the bonding of element. One thing each of us has to learn from the Word is to be ready to forgive within our families. We are all going to make mistakes, there has to be a great forbearance and forgiving in our, in our families. Verse 14, the love of God is the bond which holds things together perfectly. God, he didn't make a mistake when he, when he threw that word agape in the Bible. That love of God and the renewed mind in manifestation. The word and love must be at the center of your family in order to have a true home. And as a family, we want to live a life that is more than going through the motions a life that is more than just memories pasted inside a scrapbook. Mm. We want to understand God's purpose for family and live purposefully. We want our family to live authentically and together grow into the likeness of Christ. God could have created the entire human race at one time. Could have did anything he wanted. But he didn't. This shows the eternal responsibility of fatherhood and motherhood. God let us have the pleasure of fellowshipping with him in parenthood. And when I asked God before I started in residence to teach me how to be a father, that started my walk with, with him as far as fatherhood and parenthood. God thought of everything. So you can just see, just to touch on a little bit about the importance of a family. So now we'll take a look at the heart of the family. And Michael shared on his Christianity is not a religion. It is a family, a father and his children. That is what he saw, we saw about the heart of God. It's not being Methodist, it's not being Baptist, it's not being Catholic or Pentecostal. It's about being a son and daughter of God. God's family and how we ought to behave. 1 Timothy chapter 3. Verse 15, But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. How we should behave ourselves as a family. Look in John chapter 13, great place to start. Verse 34. Probably never heard this before. And a new commandment give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you. 
There's that agape love. That ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if you love one another. And the love of God in this room and this fellowship is outstanding. I mean, every time I come, it just, I just, I'm a watcher. I watch, I, I, I might look dumb at times, but I see, I see everything. I tell my kids that too. I said, don't worry, I, I see it. I got eyes everywhere. <laughs> but it's the love of God and the renewed mind in manifestation. This is the love that governs the heart of the family. It's a new love, agape. It's a new family. It's a new love and it's a new nature. Agape is the heart of the family. It is the life and joy of the family. That is why Christianity is more precious than any religion. Agape never goes bankrupt. We ought to minister each other and watch over each other in love. Do you think Paul got a, uh, an email from Indeed.com and said, I got this job opening for a minister? No, he didn't. Each and every one of us in this room are ministers. And we minister with the love of God to each other. It makes life of the saints the sweetest. I get the pleasure of going to two fellowships, this one and then the one in Down County where I live. And we were in fellowship one day, and we had just asked, we have three teenagers, and we asked them to pick out two verses of Scripture and share on it. And the, the one teenager, the oldest one, she had a neck ache. She walked in like this, and she was in pain. And halfway through her sharing, she starts crying. You know, she couldn't bend down to read. She just started crying, like, almost out of control. So I'm waiting for God to give me the green light to pray, and he didn't. And I spoke to John, the fellowship coordinator, and he didn't get the green light. And then all of a sudden, Susan gets up, walks over to Ellie, puts her hands on her, and ministers to her. That's the heart of the family. That's what we get to do with each other. That's how we take care of each other. I think about every time I look at the website and I see all you guys putting up prayer requests. That... Think about that. How many times have you needed prayer and you kept it to yourself? And it's so great to see that you, 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 you post it. We all get to pray for it. So Paul and Timothy was writing to tell them how to act according to their brothers, their sisters, the young and the old within the heart of the family. There was a new etiquette of the royal family. The family is a pillar, the ground, the depository of truth that is in the world today. So how important is the fellowship that we have here? Growth will come out of the family. Grace touched on this. The church, the world becomes more civilized in the measure of the word that lives in our hearts. The family is a depository of truth. Hebrews chapter 3. I'm going to talk fast now because I'm almost done. Somebody read chapter verse 6 for me. Hmm. Whose house are we? We're God's house. We are members of the blessed household of God. We're sons and daughters. First Timothy chapter 2. Verse 5 says, Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. We are a spiritual household, a royal priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices. Spiritual sacrifices, they're love sacrifices, heart sacrifices, praise and worship and love. 
It's a holy relationship with God. Think about it. You get to lean against God's chest. That When you cuddle, remember those? When you cuddle, you get to cuddle in God's chest. What a sweet time with Him until we can be imitators in our behaviors with men. Verse 9, it talks about the royal priesthood. We are born of heaven, here to reveal the heart, the nature, the purpose, the plan of God. Today, the believer's home on earth, the heart of a family, is a mini taste of the big family mansion when we are gathered together. What a blessing to be a member in particular in the family of God and to be able to live in the heart of the family. Today, we looked at... uh, God's redemption, the heart of the family, and the heart of the Gape family. And I wrote a poem for you guys today. It's called God's Love Story. What a privilege to be a member in particular in God's family, to know that others love me and are lifting me in prayer. Such a joy and peace of mind to see the heart of his family affair. In God and Christ we all abide. We get to love and worship God all side by side. As we stand for God and His Word and do not bend, the blessings seem to keep coming end over end. Let us love one another with our new agape love. It blesses God abundantly who watches us from above. Living for God and standing together in the household, we minister to each other and see the Word unfold. The heart of God was to have a huge family. He even had to redeem us from a sin catastrophe. We are chosen, we are rooted, we are seated in the heavenlies, The Father's great love story was about the heart of the family. God bless you. You can't bring me down, the word is on my mind.